Welcome to Elemental Whispers, a podcast dedicated to creating pathways of remembrance through the sharing of personal experiences and real-life sacred stories of working with the community of other world beings for healing, growth, and joyful enchantment. I'm Diamira Rose D'Agostino, and this is my gift to you, a podcast that is really meant to be a doorway. May it illuminate this pathway of magical remembrance. May its medicine of enchantment guide you in your elemental journey of soul, earth, and spirit. As I begin to descend into my dreaming cave, I imagine the winter solstice being this still point that connects into both the innermost chamber or sacred heart womb of the planet, where her dream in its most primordial, primal, visionary, flowing state exists, but also a portal into the great galactic center. Now that place might feel very far away and far removed for many of us. But in so many cultures and myths, the great galactic center or great central sun is the place that our galaxy was birthed from. And all that we know, all that we are has been birthed from. So it is this void. Void not in the form of nothingness, but void in the form of the pure, dark, rich potentiality that exists in the matrix womb of the Great Mother. So when I say that I am descending into my dreaming cave, to me, I am talking about moving into a place of communion and co-creation with both these energies, the heart dream of Gaia, Sophia, and also the heart of the galactic center. Both these heart places are connected one to the other. If we go truly into the eternal and internal place of our own sacred heart temples, our hearts are connected to the heart of the earth, to the heart of the galaxy. So for me, this time period that I'm recording in, which is wintertime for me, December, and we're nearing the winter solstice. The winter solstice is that space between the in-breath and out-breath of the year. It's the place of death, but also the place of rebirth. And I'm thinking now about the beautiful living symbol of the Ouroboros, the dragon or serpent that swallows its own tail, transmitting to us the wisdom of cyclical living and also death and rebirth. So I've been thinking a lot about co-creation because this time of year invites me in to explore co-creation at so many levels. And to define co-creation, I'm talking about the blending of two energies coming together to birth something anew, to birth some 
creative dream or vision coming together to create. We can co-create with other humans. We can co-create with spirit. We can co-create with our spiritual allies and otherworldly companions. Co-creation is, to me, it's life on planet Earth. It's life in the universe. We're all constantly co-creating with one another. And I feel like the gift of co-creation is being able to come together and bring out the best of two energies, that the sum of the parts is not only greater, but it is a unique expression that could not be created solely with one of the parts. It is a unique blending of energies that can only come from the merging. But the shadow of co-creation is we can lose ourselves in co-creative partnership. If we're co-creating from wound or shadow, like I'm not good enough, so I need somebody else to create with. What I create on my own is not sufficient. I need this person for X, Y, and Z. Without this person, I am nothing or my creation won't be as valuable. These are all places of wound that we need to be aware of. And it's not that we are going to come to a co-creative experiment with a completely clean slate, all perfect. It's unlikely. However, what is possible is that we come to the co-creation aware of these places within ourselves, these tendencies, so that when we do begin to blend our energies, we can see when one of these voices or parts of ourselves is trying to sabotage, take over, or we can make a conscious choice to come from a higher aspect of ourselves to tend to the parts of ourselves that feel less than, and then to choose consciously to come from that place of empowerment, sovereignty, knowing our value and our worth. So these are all things that weave in as we embark on a co-creative venture. And I find that however we behave in relationship with humans, we often end up projecting those same woundings, issues onto our relationships with the spirit realm. So it's really important to become aware of those as much as possible. One of the big things I see with a lot of people, and I had to work on this myself, is boundaries. If we don't have boundaries in the regular mundane world with our family, with our friends, we're probably not going to have boundaries with the spirit world. And no matter how much we want to engage with spirit, how much we want to partner with our allies and guides and guardians, we also have to make sure that we are doing our best to come from a place of healthy wholeness, to come from a place of trusting ourselves, loving ourselves, tending to ourselves, 
And also, we want them to be able to trust us to say no. We want them to be able to trust us to make a boundary when we need to, depending on our own energy, depending on our capacity or bandwidth, depending on what feels good and right for us in each and every moment. And this is the place that a lot of us struggle. We think that if we say no, someone, a friend, is going to think that we don't love them. We think that if we say no to a spirit ally, they're going to disappear. They won't love me. They won't think I'm a good ally. All of this comes from unworthiness. If they are a good ally, not only will they return, but they will respect your boundaries, your requests, your energetic capacity and bandwidth. But they do need to be told. They need to be explained. Because I have this ongoing joke with some of my friends, like we joke around and say something to the effect of, can't everybody act right? Can't people just act how they're supposed to? And of course, it's a joke because we all know deep down that we're all very different. And just because I have certain expectations and ideas about how someone should behave or respond in a certain situation based on our very, very, very different experience, history, where we're coming from, cultural upbringing. And then if you bring in the spirit realm, not to mention completely different worldviews, completely different levels of consciousness. So people don't always think the same things are appropriate. People don't always know what you're expecting. And even if they do, it's not their job to live up to your expectations, just like it's not our job to live up to other people's expectations. So when we are thinking about relationship, whether it's with our dear friends, whether it's with a partner, or whether it's with a, a spiritual friend or someone we're going to collaborate with on a creative project or a spirit ally, we have to be willing to get clear for ourselves on what our own needs are, what our own desires are, and then be brave enough to share those in a loving way. And then the other party can make a choice on whether they feel they can interact with that or how they want to interact with that, receive that, honor those requests or not. And that's what becomes this dance of relationship. And so all of these pieces are really important when we open up the conversation of co-creative partnership, our ability to create and access greater and greater levels of our own creative potential seems to be growing. The more that we honor ourselves, honor our own unique medicine, gifts, expression, the more that we can actually be a valuable contribution to a co-creative partnership, whether that be with a human or a spirit ally. So that's a really interesting distinction. 
that we are all inherently worthy and valuable. However, the more we value ourselves and our own creative magic, the more valuable of a partner we can be the greater we can contribute to a partnership from an empowered and sovereign place. So that's a really fascinating distinction that I'm myself digesting in the moment. Oh, wow. I am inherently valuable and worthy. But the more I honor and acknowledge that about myself, I can show up fully in a relationship with another Because the opposite of that is that I don't value my own worth. I don't honor and acknowledge my unique individual expression. And therefore, instead of being able to actually show up as an equal partner that exhibits their own power and sovereignty within a relationship, I show up to the party from a place of lack, from a place of I have a void. You or this needs to fill it from a place of I'm not good enough. So I'm going to overgive and hopefully that will prove my worth and prove me worthy of love. And then I'm going to, of course, be tired and exhausted. And then I'm going to become resentful because I have overgiven beyond my energetic capacity, all because I was giving from a place of I'm not good enough. So this is what can happen if we don't become aware of all of these woundings within ourselves. We end up doing a disservice not only to ourselves, but to the partnership and to the co-creative potential that could be. I feel that accessing our gifts for us by ourselves is one level. And then being able to show up to a co-creative cauldron of exploration with another or two or more beings or people is a whole other level of having to be confident within ourselves, having to trust ourselves, having to be aware of our shadowed places and not be perfect but be so aware that we can see, oh, I'm actually starting to overgive in this relationship. Oh, okay, let me speak to that. Let me name it. And then let me make some adjustments so that I can actually continue to show up from my true, authentic. The other thing that can happen and why we have to be so anchored in our authentic soul self when we show up to co-create. And this shows up more in human partnership rather than spirit partnership is comparison. And that's why we have to be so anchored in our authentic soul self because if we know our magic, we know our medicine, we are nothing but joyful, happy, encouraging of other people shining in their magic and sharing what is theirs to share. We are not going to try to shine brighter purposely to overshadow them because we feel inadequate. We're not going to shrink because we're going to listen to stories of, oh, they're so much better than me. I have nothing to offer. 
we're not going to try to copy them. And what happens in the way people justify copying is they say something like, oh, I could do that. Or, oh, I had that experience. I'm sure that I could actually teach that as well. And to give a couple more examples and to go a little deeper into this, because in comparison and then from that copying is such a big subject. Copying happens because someone doesn't trust and believe in themselves, that they have something beautiful and unique to contribute to this world. It wouldn't happen otherwise, because instead of spending all this time copying other people, they would be connecting to their unique light and allowing that to flow forth. Because what happens when we connect into what is truly our unique light, as it flows forth, it feeds us. It sources us. But if we're copying things, we're going to be drained. It may feed our ego for a period of time, especially if people praise us for these things we're bringing forward that are not ours. But we, our soul will never truly grow. In fact, it will atrophy because we're busy copying someone else. And so you do yourself a disservice when you copy. And this is one of the things that can happen in a partnership if we're not anchored in our own truth. We can run the risk of copying. I've seen this so much in the world of influencers and social media and one person sharing something and before we know it, other people are sharing it in pretty much exactly the same way with maybe a little twist saying that it's theirs, but it's actually not. And I'll even admit that I have found myself holding sometimes in a co-creative partnership because somewhere deep down I have feared that what I'm sharing is going to be copied or taken. And I think that I have hidden and withheld a lot because of that. And so that too is wound. All of these layers prevent us from showing up fully, fully and in our own sovereign power in co-creative partnership. And so to reiterate, all of these layers are really important to be aware of so that we can heal them and also bring light to these places within ourselves because we all have some of these woundings playing out within us in any number of ways. And the key is not to feel like we have to come 100% healed because I I actually believe that when there are no longer any woundings, unhealthy belief systems being housed within our energy field, that we may not even need to be in earth school anymore. So this is not about being perfect. It's about bringing awareness, bringing light, bringing illumination to these places so that we can then see when we start to operate from these places. And over time, these tendencies have less of a hold. And then we're able to show up in partnership and truly co-create and truly birth new realities. 
it's interesting as I continue to muse further down this rabbit hole of co-creation and then what really gets in our way of true co-creation. I'm thinking about how eager so many of us are to co-create with the spiritual forces of this planetary dream with energies and beings that we share this planet as home with. And so everyone wants to rush into partnering. First, they want to rush into awakening their psychic senses and their communication abilities with spirit. And why shouldn't they? That is a natural part of being human. And there is a balance because we have to be willing to strengthen our intuition, allow our clairaudience, clairvoyance, claircognizance to come online while also as those gifts come online, which are connected to the chakras and the internal energy system that we have as humans, as those come online, some of these woundings that have already no doubt been operating in your field, been showing up in dynamics with relationships with people in your environment, with situations that you're experiencing in life. What happens when we ignite these gifts is that we end up touching into those places of wound even more. We end up amplifying those places within us. So for example, if I'm working on my clear cognizance, which is clear knowing, which is connected to my solar plexus, and that begins to come online, but within my center of power, my solar plexus, I have faulty thoughts, woundings, blockages of energy connected to power, limiting belief patterns connected to power, feeling not very powerful feeling small, wanting to hide. All of those are connected to power. And even though those were probably already playing out to some degree or other in my relationships and in my daily life, what happens now is I call attention to the soul plexus through strengthening my claircognizance. Now those wounds actually get a light shined on them and they get louder. And so we have to be prepared for this and we have to be willing to face these woundings that are showing themselves to us. We have to be willing to address this. And what we don't want to do is spiritually bypass and just continue. Oh, I'm going to continue to med meditate and build my claircognizance, ignoring the way that this is bringing attention to issues of power in your life. That is spiritual bypassing. And that is also the long way around. It seems like you have to take all of these detours and go the longer route when these things start showing up. Oh no, but I just wanted to work on my clear knowing and now I've got to look at this wound and that wound and this wound. Trust me, it's actually the shorter way around it. These places are what I call in my, uh, to my clients and students, these are doorways. You're being shown. Spirit is showing you what needs to be cleared in order for you to move further along on your soul path. This is not a detour, and it's every bit as spiritual as working on the clear knowing. It's every bit as spiritual as connecting with your guides. 
talking to the spirit of a plant. They're both important. And so now I'm going to loop around since we've talked so much about the importance of looking at these parts of ourselves so that we can be a good partner and ally, whether it's in co-creative partnership with another human or whether it's in co-creative partnership with spirit, there is a magic and a healing that comes from immersing in the living world, especially the living world of flower, plant, tree, mushroom. There is a healing through the enchantment, the medicine of enchantment that happens when we drop in to breathing with a tree, to extending our listening out and really listening to the sound underneath the sound of the forest. Sitting even in a winter garden or on a park bench during wintertime and listening and letting the interplay between our thoughts and also what's happening in the natural world around us, observing where those two intersect. And seeing what happens when we place our attention outside of self for a little bit to see how that world, what it's saying, how it's speaking to us. Because this is the delicate balance. There comes a time where it's actually important to come out of self and to look at the greater world around us. To breathe with the world around us. To see ourselves in relationship to life. And to place some attention on that. So it's like a two-prong approach. Co-creative partnership requires us to, one, bring self-awareness and illumination to all of us. Tendencies, woundings, patterns, so that we can bring the best of us, our empowered, sovereign soul, to the partnership. And two... And I'm going to be very blunt. It requires us to get our heads out of our own asses. That's my blunt. To get our heads out of our asses and to see the intricate and extraordinary weavings of relationship all around us. To see how our energy interacts with the energy of that tree over there. Interacts with the energy of the land beneath our feet interacts with the energy of that person that's in that the room with us, interacts with the birds, the trees, I already said trees, the flowers. Yes, there are, especially when you're doing spirit work, there are certainly protocols and steps to following when you're wanting to co-create with, with spirits, with other energies, with subtle realm allies, but simply being present with the relationships that are all around you. And I'm seeing these lines of energy like a web, a truly a lit up web or light grid, seeing these energies all around and connected to each and everything. Your presence and awareness of the extraordinary weavings of relationship all around us. That is what is going to strengthen this potential for you, the potential of co-creative partnership. Because the blessing and one of the gifts of true co-creative partnership is that it 
opens up a portal for healing to come through. That energy field that is generated by those two people or those two beings becomes this birth point for medicine and blessings to flow forth. Not only for the people who are the beneficiaries of the creation, but also for the co-creators themselves. These healing energies seem to be born of the intersection of the two or more people's heart light weaving together. I want to describe for you what I'm seeing. I am imagining the toroidal-shaped electromagnetic field generated by our heart organs. These can be measured and they're depicted as a torus, which is a donut-shaped geometrical form. The shape in and of itself is one that creates the self-sustaining flow. So what I'm seeing is this image of two people coming together. And just for those of you who are new, I extend personhood to all beings, not just humans. So for me, trees, stones, rivers, spirits, these are also people in my cosmology and worldview. So when two people come together, their energy fields touch. Whether there is speaking between the two people or not, an exchange of information takes place. Information that has been stored in the energy field. I'm seeing this connection point as a vesica Pisces, that geometrical shape where two equal circles overlap, come together to form this oval portal. This form has been depicted on ancient structures throughout the world. We also might recognize it in connection to Christian symbolism to represent Jesus as the fish. But the symbol is much older than Christianity. It appears in ancient Egyptian art, possibly connected with Isis. It was also significant in Pythagoreanism, Celtic art, ancient India, specifically in Yantra art. The Vesica Pisces is what we might call a hermetic symbol. It's a symbol whose meaning bypasses the conscious mind to speak to us at a soul level. And it was a way of transmitting wisdom and information in the ancient mystery traditions. So the meaning of hermetic symbols is multi-layered. But one way of understanding this symbol of the Vesica Pisces is as a portal or a yoni or even a womb. It's where earth and heaven or spirit and matter intersect to birth something into this world from the higher realms. In the context of our topic, seeing this co-shared field between two energies, these intersecting spheres creates a third energy, an access point from which something new can birth into this world. And here we are coming full circle to the energies I was speaking at at the beginning of this episode, the cosmic heart womb of the galaxy and the heart womb of Gaia, the sacred earth mother where these two energies meet and also where our hearts meet, theirs, a co-creative womb of potential exists. And this time period and portal of the winter solstice seems to amplify our access to these creative points of energy. True co-creation is a heart communion, one that I believe creates a field of healing 
that acts as soul medicine for our hearts, for our energy, for our souls, for each person, human or otherwise, that is involved. So because of this growth, beauty, and potential healing that can usher forth from co-creative partnership, to me, the inner work and self-awareness it takes to show up as a sovereign, empowered, co-creative partner, that difficulty and any challenge that results of that deep work and commitment is far outweighed by the blessings and rich rewards of this kind of alchemical relationship. I hope this has sparked some ideas and inspired you to consider the rich magic and healing power of co-creative partnership. And I also hope that it has perhaps invited you into looking a little more deeply at how you contribute to partnership and also where you can perhaps bring a little more awareness to any limiting or unhealthy patterns that might be showing up for you in partnership. The more awareness and light we can bring to these not-so-easy places to look at within ourselves, the more we are rewarded for our efforts. I am wishing you all a beautiful holiday season. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for gathering with me in this space. I am clearly on a mission to re-enchant the world through these mythic story weavings and sharing of these expansive and thought-provoking topics. So let me ask you, have you ever felt the swirling of remembrance in your heart as if the mystery of life is whispering to you? If so, you might relish my book, Initiation, My Fairy Soul Awakening. It's an epic memoir that will take you on a mystical journey of remembrance. From the mountains and jungles of Peru, to the sacred hills and wells of Avalon, to a mysterious island in northernmost Scotland. This book is an odyssey encoded with living myth, magic, and mystery. It's a tale of healing, synthesis, and becoming. But it's not just my story. It's a story that resonates with the human condition, our struggles, our triumphs, and for those of us who feel an inexplicable but very palpable connection to fairy. I invite you to immerse yourself in this transformative adventure to explore the depths of your own soul as you journey alongside me. So, my dear listeners, I encourage you to visit my website at diamirarose.com to find out more about the book or hop over to wherever you purchase your books and get your copy today. Thank you so much for being a part of the Elemental Whispers community. Stay tuned for more enchanting stories and encoded transmissions. Until next time, may your path be filled with blessings and the wisdom of this 
world.